0: Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowRoom.com in this week's episode of grow guides we're going to be talking about predatory bugs but before we move on to that i just wanted to ask you all a favor if you are a member of our discord server or a member of Percy's growroom.com we would like to ask you for suggestions for future episodes of grow guides this is episode 68 of grow guides now and we've covered so much stuff we're having trouble figuring out what you want us to cover in the future so if you have suggestions for any episodes of grow guides that you'd like to hear from us in the future then please get in touch man just head over to our discord server which is linked in the description of this download or if you're a member of Growroom.com, just start a thread and let us know what episodes we should be covering in the grow guides in future episodes But anyway, now that's done, let's move on to this week's episode about predatory bugs. Roll yourself a fat one, get super high, and enjoy this episode. We also have some good listener mail questions at the end of this, as well so stay tuned for those. Enjoy the episode, and I'll speak to you at the end of this. See you in a bit. So this week in Grow Guides episode 68, we are talking about predatory bugs on cannabis plants, and these are bugs you can use to kill bugs that are already on your cannabis plant, or well, even as a deterrent if you want to just keep, leave them lying around. But their bugs need something to eat, so if they don't have something to eat, they eventually die. So you know it's better to have some bugs there beforehand before you use the predatory bugs. In, in my opinion, you don't want to just let them all starve to death just in case. yeah, that that would be not uh-huh. nice. But uh, some people, they don't know about this kind of stuff. You know, there's these bugs that you can just go out and buy from the shop or from the internet and shit. Sometimes you can go out and find them. Well, what, if they are, you know, native to your local area, you can go out and find these particular bugs and put them on your plants if you want to get rid of certain bugs, which is very cool. You know, I, I get a little bit concerned about the bugs shitting on your buds and things, but maybe that just <laughs> adds flavor. You know what I'm <clears throat> And texture. That's what makes it the good shit. You know what I'm saying? A little bit of ladybird poop. So I that's what know. we got. Sorry, much.
1: <clears throat> I don't know what you're saying, actually. Uh,
0: what what the, the good shit? What, what? <laughs> <Never mind. laughs> about the good shit? Yeah, we don't we don't know about that. You're
1: like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm like, no, no I don't. Say,
0: no, I don't, no, don't want to really. You know what
1: I'm
2: Not really wanting to.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. But there's there's different kinds of bugs, which and we're going to be running through the different kinds of bugs and what kind of bugs those bugs eat. Throughout this episode as well, and you know places where you might find them, and well, what bugs to use in case you have certain bugs on your plant, all that kind of shit. So by the end of this episode, you should know if if you want to be getting these particular types of predatory bugs or not. It's an interesting topic, man. Does anybody on the panel use predatory bugs? Not me. Yeah, ever
2: have? No. Not intentionally. I mean, I've seen them out outdoors in my other
0: gardens, but I've never added them Mm. intentionally. Would Mm. you use them? I mean, I don't think any of us have really had bad infestations of insects in the first place, right? So we wouldn't really use these bugs. I mean, if I needed
1: to, I wouldn't be against it. I kind of like the idea of using a predatory bug better than a like a some kind of pesticide. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. man I'd rather put a bug on it than fucking spray it with something.
3: Yeah. yeah. oh, oh yeah
0: mm-hmm. but I suppose you don't want to use any kind of bugs just in case down in the the Australia there <laughs> <laughs> yeah
3: they're all predatory bugs <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know they don't just eat bugs they eat humans and shit.
3: They wake up wake up in the morning and you're missing a few toes <laughs> not, you know what
0: I'm saying? not
3: exactly ideal. Our pests
1: are gone so you know
3: yeah that's it clearly they've mm-hmm. gone through all the pests if they're eating me toes um <laughs> Like I've, I've used uh, lady beetles before, but that's about it. Like I've never really, never really had to worry too much, but again, you know, it's with indoors it's cocoa. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. running cocoa, you kind of, unless unless you, you're getting really bad cocoa, you really, I mean, fungus gnats are really the worst thing you're going to cop and Mm -hmm. they're a piece of piss to get rid of, you know, a -hmm. a couple of dunks Mm -hmm. in your res and, and you're done. Um, Yeah. Pretty much. I've never really had an issue like that where I've needed to consider throwing in other bugs to eat other bugs. But I would right. prefer to do that than spraying, by far.
0: <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. Some bugs are better than others as well, and so it depends on what bugs you have. So first off, you have to identify which bug you have. That's going to be the first thing. Like, uh, see if you've got aphids, mites, caterpillars, you know, fungus gnats, uh, fly. What's the other one? Thrips. a horrible little bastards. Oh, yeah.
2: Mealy bugs will be one, but they're mm-hmm. rare.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the most likely ones are going to be thrips or spider mites, right? Fungus gnats. Yeah. They, they're like the top three bugs that yeah. are going to invade your cannabis plants. And there's lots of different bugs that will deal with those, man. And I've made these little pictures. with some instructions and shit on the screen here. See this one? ladybugs. Uh, a lady. very... Yeah. So, sorry, Marge?
1: I was just just confirming ladybugs will kill aphid spider mites and fungus gnats. Is that what it's saying?
0: No, it it eats fungus. It's not the fungus gnats that they kill, but it eats fungus from like in the soil and shit like that. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm.
2: Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: That's unusual
2: because she's showing the picture of the actual adult adult lady beetle right there eating, Mm -hmm. I guess it's an aphid.
0: Yeah, I think it's a red aphid, yeah.
2: But as to my, my, uh, my information there, it's usually the larvae that are going to be doing 99% of all the help because the well, larvae are the ones that eat everything. But huh. the
0: larvae, they, they kill a lot of shit as well, but I'm sure the adults do too, right?
2: Well, I was always told that it's the, it's the uh, ladybird larva. You know, the nymph uh, stage is, is the ones that you really want, the ones that don't look pretty like this, the ones that kind of look mean and angry
3: all right, mean <laughs> <laughs> and angry ladybugs
2: that they, they kind of do. They don't have a shell on them and it's, they're kind of zigzag, the same color color scheme, but uh, I don't know if you have a picture up there or not, but yeah, that it's the larva that you're really after with the ladybugs.
1: Oh, the,
0: nymph right,
2: stage, the nymph stages.
0: Yeah, the the guys yeah. i seen just said uh, ladybugs. It didn't say much about the uh, the baby stages, but man, why not have both? You know, yes, sure. They, uh they both do things. But I have photographic evidence here about lady, the adult ladybugs eat aphids. <laughs> <So funny.
1: laughs>
0: that's a <laughs>
2: that's an AI made image, dude. That's right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah. These apparently uh, are slow, though. Right. I've heard about the ladybugs are slow. And we call them ladybirds here in the UK for some reason.
1: Um,
2: yeah. it has both names: ladybirds, ladybugs, lady beetles. Um, I've heard mm-hmm. all, all three mm-hmm. names. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't know about the speed of them. I do know that some commercial cannabis growers do not like to use them because they say in the adult stage like this, they poop a lot on your on your leaves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And do you really want bug poop on your leaves? Now, you know, so a lot of them say that, that they would rather use other predatory mites rather than these for various things. But this mm-hmm. is one one thing. Uh, they're good against soft-bodied insects. You, you would use them like aphids and then mealybugs and, and that kind of stuff like that. White flies, larva, mm-hmm. uh, those kind of things.
0: Yeah. But, That's what I saw as well. Yeah. Soft-bodied insects seem to be the uh, the vulnerable ones. Right. Mm-hmm. And most of these... predators. By-
3: Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, Apparently they get distracted by windows as well. So you know, <laughs> <you know.
2: laughs> they do actually. Yeah. I mean, I, I I know in some, some states that I've been in, in before certain times of the year, they actually flock in through
0: cracks and stuff like that. Mm. And you know, the good thing <laughs> about these ladybugs is they're easy to find, man. You can go out in most places and find them on little bushes and shit because they're so easy to see that big red and black back fat they have. Everybody knows what the ladybugs look like. I'm saying, right?
1: But, so, like, do they do, and they kill thrips too, or they'll eat thrips as well?
0: Uh, I think it's about catching them. About the problem is, is uh. catching the thrips. so the thrips faster or something? There's other bugs uh. that can catch thrips. I would assume they're soft-bodied, so I assume they would be able to eat a thrip if they got hold of it. But maybe they're too fast. I don't know. Yeah, do think we'll I keep- think. I do remember reading
2: about that, and it did say you're you're correct, Mackie, that they move slow-moving, soft-bodied insects
0: is what their what mm, their prey mm. was. Yeah, yeah, man. So th- that's the first one. This is the, the most common one. This is uh, a bug that a lot of cannabis growers use. Uh, that this is the one I've seen used mostly in the past. You know, if somebody's got spider mites, then you might see recommended to them just go pick some ladybirds off the bush and shit put them in there but then it's going to take a while because you know one of these ladybirds they're going to eat one or two and then be like yeah man oh god i'm stuffed you know maybe three if it's a lizzo you know what i'm saying <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> then maybe oh, that was inappropriate man. sorry but, yeah. now we're gonna get canceled <laughs> I'm another strike there you go <laughs> but, you know maybe it's just extra hungry you know maybe it just needs them extra nutrients so it eats three or four but still there's fucking hundreds of these uh, spider mites on a plant when it starts to get bad, so you need a good few of the uh, of the ladybirds if you want to get them gone as quickly as possible. Mm. And and when the bugs have gone, all the ladybirds die of starvation. You just start finding dead ladybirds laying around the bottom of the medium. But you know, as a little bit of a, a humanitarian, I don't really like the idea of just letting an insect starve to death. He just doesn't seem right. <laughs> yeah, you know, you live, yeah, you know. Feed I gave it, it a good die. life, you know. <laughs> <laughs> really? Uh, no, sad. You know, just well. Once you've noticed that they're all gone, or you know, once you've noticed a couple have died, then set the rest free. You know, <laughs> open, open your tent and say go. Mm-hmm. Right, another one we have here is called it damsel bugs. Has anybody seen yeah. these damsel bugs before?
2: Yeah, it's, yeah. it's they also go after the, the bigger, bigger, slow moving things and things that don't move
0: too, like eggs. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Here on the screen, it says bo- damsel bugs will eat mostly aphids, but also eats eat eggs and different types of worm. So aphids, moth eggs, small caterpillars and mites.
2: Now yeah the moth eggs and small caterpillars to me, where I grow, I have put the, uh, cannabis plants outside on the patio and just left them. And that was my biggest problem was that the moths would lay eggs and I would get caterpillars. So this would be handy for me then.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just about finding them. Wait, do you know anywhere where you'd find these? I don't think I've seen one of these bugs before.
2: I, it looks very familiar. I probably have some of these in my landscape, but I, I know that you can buy all of these predatory bugs online. You can buy the larva stages or something like that of all of these online. Um, the trick is, if you're releasing these outside in the wild, you have to keep them around, and and that's that's the trick. You know, once they get rid of your infestation, they may go find other infestations elsewhere. But yeah, this is a good one, damsel bugs,
0: mm-hmm. They're freaky looking things. And I suppose you can go buy these from a place online around on pet stores as well. You know, if this is if you have an infestation of aphids on your plants or you know spider mites and you want to get rid of them without using pesticides, then this might be a good option for you, is to get yeah. some damsel bugs in, and they will eat the bugs, but they won't eat your plant.
2: Right. Now, these, again, are going after slow-moving,
0: soft-bodied insects. hmm mm-hmm. So. Yeah, man, sweet. So there's another one for you, everybody. There we have one called the collops beetle, or collops beetle. Mm-hmm. These guys will eat most soft-bodied insects, as well as nymphs and caterpillar eggs. Uh, the, this counts for whitefly, aphids, mites, and caterpillar eggs. Uh, anybody seen one of these before? Yeah. Marge, have you seen on. one of these before? I've never seen one of these.
1: Uh, Maybe. No, not exactly like that, to be and
0: honest. Freaky looking little things, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, what about you, Monkey? You've experienced these before? You know, they look familiar, but I can't actually say yeah, I
2: positively can identify that. But I've seen mm-hmm. some freaky looking beetles and the color scheme is is interesting. Mm-hmm. So mm. it just I feel like I should say yes, but I, I'm not I, I can't tell you
0: when or where. Yeah, so but you know, you can do a Google search for these. If anybody's listening uh, and you want to see the pictures, then you just do a quick Google search for collapse beetle and you'll see it. It looks uh, like a mix between a beetle and a ladybird. To be fair, it's got mm-hmm. this this uh, little rather than a whole red back with black dots on it. It's like it's got red neck with black dots on it. <laughs> and then the rest is like a normal beetle, you know, it's long a red hair, Nick guitar Bird. in its hand, and shit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Redneck. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, but very cool, man. Yeah. And just like any other one, with all of these bugs which we're going to show here, it should be reasonably easy. To go and find them online and then, uh, you, you know, just get them sent to you within a couple of days, yeah. So, let's have a look at uh, the next one green lace wings. Uh, this is specifically the larvae of the green lace wings, uh, Correct. Are the predators, they will eat soft bodies, insects such as aphids, thrips. I said tri- I put trips there, then I put the H in. You no, know, you do your best proofreading after you've already <laughs> released something. Uh, <laughs> white fly and spider mites so the soft body ones you know if you have the aphids or the uh the spider mites on your plants or thrips then you want to get some of these in these uh green lace larvae mm-hmm. and if you can see the picture there they're freaky ass looking things right see these yeah. motherfuckers god damn nature's cruel
2: i damn. do have these in my out- outdoor landscape I, every now and then i see the, uh, the the eggs are very unique with these They'll lay they'll lay the eggs in, in rows on stalks, and they're mm-hmm. they're, they're small. About the, each egg is smaller than a, than a pin of a head. And it's on a very tiny, thin white filament, and that's you, you'll find it. You know, just dew will be hanging on them sometimes in the morning or something like that. Very, very interesting insects, though. But uh, yeah, they're out there doing their thing all the time. You'd be surprised mm-hmm. how many. Uh, natural
0: good insects we have outdoors if you start looking mm. for them mm-hmm. and that's the good thing about outdoors and this is why you're less likely to see an infestation on plants outdoors as well it's because they've got the predators out there that will just you know kill off all of these the, n- nature's balance but when you have mm-hmm. shit going on indoors you know if one aphid or two aphids or you know just a few aphids gets in to the grow tent then it doesn't have things like these green lacewing larvae to fight them off so they can take the opportunity to just breed and populate and eat up as much as the plant as they can. So mm-hmm. this is uh this is why it's good to have these these predatory uh, insects especially outside in your outdoor garden. But freaky looking things that that one them green lace wings man. See that sometimes
2: shot? sometimes the good ones look really really scary. You know like I said the mm. uh, the lady the, the ladybird might uh nip stage Look just as scary as this. They just, mm. yeah. You want to kill them, but don't. Yeah.
0: They're just lurking around. Even having this guy on the leaf, the bugs will look at it and be like, oh, ain't going over <laughs> there. <laughs> oh, <you>. we're <laughs> the gonna teeth on him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and what we got next? Uh, surfid, a uh, sirefid. You see this one? Sirefid flies. And we yeah. didn't pronounce that properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll eat those slow-bodied, slow-moving, soft-bodied insects such as yeah. mealybugs, aphids, and some thrips. Yeah, we have a lot of those in our
2: actually in our lawn. If you looked at, they're small bee-looking flies, almost wasp-looking yeah, motherfuckers.
1: Like mm.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yep. And they're they're parasitic, and yeah, they they are they're good good little bugs. But you you would think looking at that that it would be dangerous and sting you, but it's again a good guy. I would be running from it for sure. Well, I they're think so I'm small, buzzing around. It would look like a gnat when it came to
0: you. Small. Oh, really? Small. They're that
3: small? Damn.
0: Oh, yes. Tiny.
3: Yeah. Well, that photo is pretty well zoomed in.
0: Yeah. It looks massive on this screen. You know what I mean? Of
1: course.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. That yeah. Big. yeah.
2: No, you oh, get swatted thinking it was a gnat, and then you say, well, "What is this weird thing?" You know? <laughs> but they move so fast. I mean, they dart
0: really quickly. Nice. Well, I, I don't know about using flying things in the grow room, though. What do you think about that? Would you Would you put these in your grow room? No.
3: They'd all be stuck in my fucking ex- exhaust filters. <laughs> you know?
0: It's, it's fun of all clinging onto the back of your carbon filter like, ah! yeah, <laughs> Turn the fan off. <laughs> yeah. You know,
2: these would yeah. probably be present in an outdoor grow if you had a healthy ecosystem.
0: Mm. Yeah, for sure, man. And that's it more more insects that live outdoors that will be good for the uh the outdoors grows man if you see bugs on your outdoor plant don't assume that they're all going to be bad ones you know no nope. nature what we've we got next yeah. let's see what we've got next uh i don't know if this is minute or minute the minute pirate bugs what we're gonna say. yeah that's a good one actually seen a these really be before one.
1: no i yeah. haven't seen those
0: yeah, I think, I I think being no- more in these northern hemispheres, much you know, where it gets cold and shit. You don't see many of these bugs. <laughs> the only one I've really recognized here, I think, was the uh, the ladybug. Uh, everything else is just like, look at the f- What the fuck is that? You know what I mean? <laughs> I
1: did recognize the one before those little bee looking ones. We have those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, he says that these bugs produce, quick reproduce quickly. And are great if you have an infestation. They will eat thrips, white fly nymphs, and aphids. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, I think they eat. Uh, I was reading on these. I think they eat like f- five aphids a day. Is what you know how much they can eat. Yeah. So you know, doesn't sound like a lot, but you know, each one eats five. So after a while, that starts adding up.
3: Uh, you got a thousand of them.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, you can get twenty of them in. That's hundred, isn't it? Hundred less aphids every day. Right, if you can keep up with the uh, repopulation, though. Exactly. Mm. These are interesting looking things, though, because at
2: first they look like small, almost cockroach looking. Mm. They're so you know, similar color and kind of shape like that, so they can scare you at first when you see them. What is that?
0: Well, they'll scare you when you see. They're scary when you well, see. Well,
2: if, if you're if you're not if you're not expecting it in your grow room and you find that in your grow room, you're gonna like, what the heck is this thing? Mm-hmm. I mean, look mm-hmm. at it. It's got it, it's got what looks like a piercing beak on it that you would think, okay, it's going to be sucking the juice out of my plant. Uh, it, it looks like other bugs that we don't want in there. So, I mean, it, it's one of those bugs that instantly you know, kind of
0: think that it's a bad boy, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Anytime you see any bugs, well, for me anyway, any bugs, it's <laughs> <I'm> like <probably really laughs> used used ah, 100% used to be that way. Mm-hmm that's it you know you don't need to kill them all some of them are actually beneficial so don't kill every bug you see try and identify it first and then if it is one of those horrible ones then kill it
3: you know what you saying bubble no i was just gonna say it does look like it'd drink all your rum and steal your tall ship so (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah i'm saying He's grab one and be like where'd you hide the gold you bastard yeah. <laughs> and he'll be like he's in oak island you know yeah we've <laughs> uh, we got another one here no back to the ladybugs yeah so that's just a few i'm sure there's, there's a shitload of different uh predatory bugs you can use because nature has uh, made lots of different kinds of insects and i'm sure lots of them Will eat the bugs on your cannabis plants, but that's just a few. The most common one I know of, like I said, is the uh, is the ladybug, the ladybird. Lots of people would use them.
2: There's a uh, several predatory mites that people use in indoor grows, and I mm. am not highly familiar with these. But there, I think there are three major ones that are out there. Uh, I am not going to quote names because I'll get it wrong. Uh, I, I just know that there are there are uh, predatory mites that will take care of any spider mites thrips and fungus gnats that can be applied in sachets on your plants that they live either in the soil or, or near the soil line. And, you know, they're like a, a tiny little invisible army that go after things. Some of them can actually live on pollen or algae. Uh, so yeah, there, there's other things out there that we haven't covered because guess what? We're not experts at this.
3: <laughs> we haven't, haven't really touched on beneficial nematodes either. You now, do
0: you know about these bubble? You mentioned some of these earlier on. What beneficials?
3: Mm. Nematodes. Um, yeah, a little bit. Like they're, I, I haven't specifically used them, but I have done a bit of research into them, and um, and they're they're more of a soil borne thing. So, um, but they will control caterpillars, cutworms, borers, grubs, rootworms, thrips, fungus gnats. So, um. But they they work on the lava in the in the soil. So you want to be larvae, lava, whatever you want to call it. Um, you can buy them in packets by the thousands, and you can keep them in your fridge. Um, so they they usually kill things within about two days. Uh, if you keep them, with, if you keep them around that fifteen to twenty seven degrees, they can last about three months in a packet. Uh, you refrigerate them up to like six months. You can keep them. Um, they're tolerant to insecticides and herbicides and fertilisers and things. So it doesn't matter what else you're using in there. They can generally deal with all of that. Um, But yeah, they're they're more for uh, sort of trying to kill off everything in the soil and, and attack the infestation that way. So if you, Mm -hmm. if you've got spider mites, they're they're not the best, obviously you don't be using nematodes for spider mites, Um, but they, you know, they, they don't, Hurt anything else, um, mm-hmm. because and there. But there are some nematodes that aren't great for your soil, so you really need to be making sure you're getting the beneficial ones.
0: You know, somebody in the chat they mentioned um, praying mantis as well. I don't know they can be used as predatory insects, but they escape easy, right? And they're, they're very big. Yeah,
1: yeah. but maybe yeah. they yeah. keep other bugs away because it's like having a sentry on the guard.
0: Mm. Yeah, they're all kind of scary looking,
1: aren't they? They do look kind yeah. of badass.
0: <laughs> yeah, they, you can get them as pets here in the UK. That would be cool just to have a couple of those, you know, living in my grow room. Mm-hmm. You know. Can you
3: imagine though? You open the tent and these things just swarm out at you. Like... Yeah, you know. Yeah.
0: You know, they, they know Kung Fu really good as well, judging by all the films i have seen. Yeah. They don't
3: fly,
1: though, do they? The praying mantises fly. Yeah. I think they oh, do, yeah, yeah. yeah. They've they they got
0: wings wrapped up behind them and shit. They're just yeah. hidden underneath some shells, man. They should come see And they're, really,
3: they're really pissed off. They'll spread the wings out, make themselves look big, and they'll just be jabbing at you. you know, they're mean. I mean, I've seen one of them nature documentaries You've Got
0: the praying mantis and it just grabs some kind of, I can't remember what, insect or maybe even animal. It was, but it just, it it grabbed it with its claws like it does, you know, its backward arms, and it grabbed it and scooped it and it just started chewing its neck off. Like the thing's <laughs> yeah. still alive, and it's just biting through the thing's fucking neck. You know, God damn. That's savagery. Yeah,
1: imagine what it would do to your pests in your grow, in your grow room.
3: Mm-hmm. I, I could have sworn I saw a video of one eating a small mouse. So really, maybe that's eh? what
0: it is, man. They're
3: fucking savage. They are.
0: Got to, I've got to search that now you before know, I start. so Yeah, don't, don't use praying mantis, everybody. They just sound scary. <laughs> you know, <laughs> ladybugs ain't scary. Use them. You know, they're not going to come flying in and then attack you. Well, they do fly, but, you know, they, they won't attack you on purpose.
1: Interestingly, okay. too, so, Filmy bowls saying that uh, they can recognize human faces, which is also kind of concerning if you're going yeah. to yeah. yeah. and- Be nice <laughs> to your praying <laughs> mantises.
3: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently back they can you. catch they can catch and eat hummingbirds. So wow, wow. a brain mantis? Yeah.
2: Oh, oh videos. it's a big one. That's
3: a huge there's,
2: brain mantis,
3: though. That that is well, yeah. Some of them get big, man. Like I've seen some big ones here. Oh uh, but uh yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: don't yeah, so don't, yeah, don't think anybody match.
0: here who's recommending <laughs> the mantises, everybody. Yeah. Don't roll with no. that one. What else do we think? Is there any uh, any other predatory insects anybody would recommend here? It, like you said, there are some nematodes. Uh, and TG knows a lot about the uh, the nematodes in the soil. I was hoping he would be here for this episode. But, you know, unfortunately, he's uh, he doesn't have time.
3: So. I think that's we've just, I think we've touched on them before, and he said he uses them from mm-hmm. time to time. So that's
0: that's
3: yeah. what I mean. I, th- I think they're more they're more for soil um, mm-hmm. and and for and for keeping things under control in the soil itself and in your medium rather than. Yeah. yeah. The, and that's the, the best adults. way, you know,
0: preventative, man. There's lots of insects will lay their eggs in the soil or in the grow medium before mm. the, the larvae hatches out and makes its way onto the plants. So, you know, to have a good amount of diverse life in the soil will keep them kind of bugs away in the first place. Mm. So, you know, prevention is always better than cure. And the uh, uh, predatory bugs is a good way to deal with all of the, you know, if, if you have a small infestation or something, then use the bugs. But I, I don't know about using bugs, like actual bugs, the nematodes might be cool because they can just live in the soil. They'll be happy. Right. But if you're talking about getting praying mantis, for example, or ladybirds to eat the bugs uh, or just to prevent them, then there's not going to be anything for them to eat. So they'll just roll around the plant for a couple of days and then they'll just starve to death because the there isn't any bugs for them to eat. And uh, you know, you, you don't really want to roll like that. So only use these if you think you have an infestation, if you've seen bugs on your plants. And where do you, do you normally th-
1: get these bugs? Like if you feel like I need I need some of those well, minute pirate bugs or whatever. You can
0: you go to like the pet shop and shit because you know people who've got uh, like pet lizards and pet lizards right. and spiders, scorpions yeah, and shit and like that, that yeah then they uh, they eat particular kinds of bugs and you can buy them from a pet shop in some sure, cases.
2: But uh, I mean online these days yeah just search it on Amazon I bet you, you find them through some vendor on Amazon it's mm-hmm. the way it is these days.
3: Yeah. yeah the, the, the predatory
2: mites that TG was taught, used to talk about a lot were Amblyas Sowerski was one of them that he uses mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Ambsis cummerisus was another one that he liked to use and uh, one of them's after thrips and one of them's after a broad range after thrips and spider mites and mm-hmm. things like mm-hmm. that but he like he used to like to keep those in his tent on a regular basis um I went back and checked some of our previous work that we had talked about those sweet
0: the uh, Filmy Bowl says you can get them at the hydroponic store. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, some grow shops will stock them in as well. Yeah, hey, man. Uh, Luton says he has like 2K ladybugs ready to sell. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> we dealing
1: in the chat.
0: You know what yeah. I mean? Anybody needs any? <laughs> <Can't Exactly. Luton. laughs> yeah, man. And, uh, and this is one of the go, things... Though? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, uh, how many bugs do you even use? Just chuck them all in. You know, you need them 2k. If you find yourself with a shitload of spider mites, you just chuck two thousand uh, fucking ladybirds in there. Be like, yeah, see you in a few Holy days. Imagine that, that man. That in my small tent, it would
2: be. I could see that being another the swarm as I opened it up. Mm-hmm.
3: Supercropper brought up a good point. Then you can throw bats in. Like microbats to oh. keep your bug population in check. Can you, <laughs> oh can you, imagine, can you imagine that shit? Like you just oh, throw some bugs in. Oh, shit, they're getting you out of control. I mean, Better throw the bats in. What, what do you do to control started.
1: bat population?
3: Hmm. Well, you know, free guano and all of that, I suppose. But... <laughs> exactly. fertilize <if we're> <laughs> your own crop Yeah, there.
0: pangolin, isn't it? The pangolin like to eat bats, allegedly. Yeah.
3: You know? uh, uh, <laughs> we all know what,
2: pa- what pangolin do, so
3: yeah. And then
0: what get what randy, the pangolin get do?
3: Yeah. <laughs> Randy will sort it out
0: from there. <laughs>
3: exactly. <laughs> Randy and. Uh... Somebody
0: did uh, mention that earlier, the whole South Park thing.
3: Uh, snakes, there you go.
0: The there snakes go. control bats.
3: Yeah, the... you, there you can go, snakes can get bats. You know what
0: I'm saying? Yeah. And if you have a wood chipper like Bubble Huck, then you can throw the snakes in there when they're done.
3: Magic, but do not throw snakes into the wood chipper, bro. That's, That's what you not, were saying last week. That's oh, what you oh, said. No, last that week. is not what I said.
0: Is, I, I got the edit, bro. I edited it to make it sound like you said that. Of course, you did. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what did you do after that? So you got spider mites. You find like three spider mites on your plant. <laughs> mongoose. You chuck in... Mongoose, I'll eat the snakes. <laughs> I mean, you're going to get rid of the mongoose so you get some honey badgers. You know, exactly. and then nothing can kill the honey badger. Oh, uh, we we'll get a Wolverine
2: water. up in there now. Get the honey badger, uh, with uh, a Wolverine. There you go. Then
0: you need Magneto come round after that. <laughs> and, um, just it Just keeps getting worse and worse. Uh, so God, the moral yeah. of the
3: story is prevention's better than cure. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Don't, <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: don't fuck around with bugs, man. Yeah, Shit, just get bugs. some neem oil for fuck's sake. You know.
2: Yeah. Why, don't <laughs> just, why don't we just start? just start with the honey badger? You're, you're done. <laughs> yeah. eat the uh, old that, plant, the crop will be gone. No, no problem. Done.
3: See honey badges fuck everything up, man. Exactly.
0: <laughs> it just... uh... Yeah, so I think that's all we have to say about uh the predatory bugs there. If anybody uses predatory bugs and they want to come and show us over our buses, you know, take some pictures of the bugs on your plants and shit. That would be very cool. Uh, come and let us know. And if you do use these in the future, also come and let us know, man. it will be good to hear from you guys over on PersisGrowroom.com. We'd like to see what predatory bugs you use and which ones you would recommend for different bugs as well. That would be very cool to see. But
3: yes, and by extension, by extension, epic bug fails. I I want to see people release bugs into their. T- I don't want to see you fail growing, but I'd like to see what <laughs> when shit hit the fan. <laughs> you know, by like... adding too many bugs,
0: <laughs> or, or the opposite. You know, it's like you get get a case. Of these fucking praying mantis, so you got ten of them. You just tip the tip the plant over your, just tip the the tub over your plants, and they all drop out. But the fans on really strong, so he just blows them all back in the face towards you. You know, what I'm it's saying. Like yeah.
2: up in the fan and grinds them up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> shit. Like, Fuck, I fucking spent twenty quid on them. Exactly. Then <laughs> you got bud juice. You know, shit. Yeah, so it's not all it's cracked up to be, man. Maybe it's just better to, uh, you know, just don't get bugs in the first place. Sticky traps are always good fun. Try that. But, you know, yeah, they're but- good. It, it's a good option if you're in flower and you don't want to use any chemicals on your buds, you know. You get some of these uh, predatory insects in and they should deal with the problem. Nice. No, good topic. Good topic. Uh, we also have some listener mail questions so from Noxie I think we had uh who we got who we got questions from Noxie Filmy Bowls and Scooter Reno none from Billy this week I think I'm sure he did send something. <laughs> no he answered the question didn't he <laughs> yeah, anyway so this one we do have one about predatory bugs from Filmy Bowls so we'll cover that one first it says a question for the show on predatory bugs if ladybugs are male and some are females why do we call them all ladybugs Shouldn't they be called gender neutral, folks? And how would I be able to tell if they are male or female? And is it wrong to say they look alike? Yes, I know I shouldn't be stoned when I post questions in here. Sorry. Thank you, Phil, for that many questions that you gave us there. Many questions and many flags. Thank you, Phil. <laughs>
1: yeah, many questions. <laughs> they may remain unanswered, but... but...
0: But, yeah, it's like, are they all female?
1: uh i don't think they are but i'm not a ladybug expert so don't quote me on that
2: yes we can yes we can make up a lot of stuff but beyond that i don't think we could really answer that one though (laughs) Mm.
3: 2023 the year that ladybugs get (laughs) cancelled exactly
0: (laughs) you know you just have to call them red and black beetles now (laughs) right But yeah, yeah, I don't even know. Are them, the, you know, the ladybugs folks we're all talking about, the red and red and the red ones, the black dots, got the white eyes and shit. Are they male or females, man? That's an interesting no. question.
2: I think they just need to be called, I mean, Mind Toker did it, non-binary bugs from now on. Non-binary bugs. Yes, I
0: like it. I like it. Yeah. Uh, not
1: and... ring, though. A ladybug. Ladybug just sounds nice.
3: Ladybugs. Cool. Well, it, ca- yeah. it, came, it apparently came from uh Farmers, after the ladybugs came in and wiped out invading insects, farmers named them the beetle of our lady. And then it was shortened to lady beetle or ladybug. Oh they such God. a
0: shit name. I <laughs> uh, just
3: did a. Google I don't make it up, here. mate. I just
0: oh just yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, people are so uninvented <laughs> sometimes. The ladybug or ladybird is the common name given to the beetles in the, wow, that's fucking interesting word.
2: The Latin name, yeah.
0: Yeah, in a, it's a particular type of beetle. This is misleading because not all ladybugs are ladies. They can be either male or female. It is difficult to determine the sex of a ladybug, but females tend to be larger than the males. So there we go. There we go. They both might be. And, you know, about half of them are really pissed off being, I'm a fucking boy. <laughs> No, I, I, they all identify you. as lady. <laughs> oh, I want to hear a... you
3: pronounce that pronounce that specific term. What? Oh, <laughs> man,
1: I need I I need to see it. I don't
0: even section. know where to begin. This is the thing. I'll put it on the screen for everybody so they can all see. it. Oh no, I don't have that ability on this fucking thing. Man, that's on the new screen. Oh
3: wow, I I read it as Coconello Day. Is that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that'll that's do how I I'll, read I'll
3: I'll roll roll with that, mate. That sounds good to roll
0: <laughs> day, There you go. Beetles <laughs> <laughs> in the day, family. out <laughs> You know. <cock-in-all>. Works. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah, that's so what, gender neutral bugs.
3: Because this this is how I get it right. If that's how you read it, that's why it's misleading that they're called ladybugs. Hmm. Hmm. Unless it's Cooch and and then. <laughs> yeah. Then, then that sounds more female.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, shit. He uh, says females tend to be larger than males. They can be distinguished from males by the shape of the distal margin on the seventh in brackets, fifth visible abdominal sternite in females and distant margin is convex just don't even bother looking, man. Just fucking hell just ask it. That's the safest way nowadays. Oh,
3: what's
1: it what's it's it gonna Just do? let Start them be just, just let them be
0: bugs. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're bugs Had... and they will both eat the bugs on your plants. So you know, just use them. Right. But, uh well, we've got well, got one here from Noxie. I think we'll uh cover this one from Noxie. He says, I'm running my first scrug and try uh, to try and increase my yield after watching the occasionally mentioned Jack Harrow montage video. Occasionally
2: Sorry,
0: mentioned. Whoa! <laughs> it is occasionally. It's only on the occasion. <laughs> well, we should go back and you know hype it up a bit. You know, after watching the occasionally mentioned Jack, Jack Heron montage Herra. Video. Video. video,
2: epic Jack Heron montage video. Put there some air, put some
0: echo on there a bit. Make it all like oh, Marvel oh, made oh, it and oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> you
1: know,
0: all seems to be going well, but I'm having some problems with condensation and ventilation. I have an extractor constantly running and two fans always blowing, but I can't seem to get rid of the condensation on the tent walls under the canopy. Any tips? Cheers. So what do you all think? Uh, I mean I would first off course you need some fans underneath the canopy as well. but yeah. uh, don't point them the breeze directly at the top of the medium because that might dry off the medium a little bit quickly. So you know just have an oscillating fan down there so it's just moving all the air around that's always a good option anything uh, would you say ball?
3: it sounds it sounds like you've if he's running the scrog it must be at the point where it's he's got if he's got fans above it underneath not getting the airflow it does sound like an airflow issue more than anything mm-hmm. else mm-hmm. um which is which is probably the hardest part about running a scrog especially if you fill a tent mm-hmm. uh, underneath mm-hmm. is going to be hard to extract that 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 air and because it's under the light that's when you're going to get more of that condensation on the walls now what you want um, is you yeah. want
0: the uh the intake vent whether it's passive or not you want that to be underneath in the middle of the plant, you know just a pipe being pulled in and that can draw the fresh air and then all of the air has to be pulled from the bottom through the canopy So that should take a load of it out as well. But if the condensation is forming on the walls, like you're saying, it's going to be more of a temperature fluctuation problem. Uh, If it's too cold outside, for example, if it's much colder on the outside of the tent than it is on the inside of the tent, then it's going to form moisture on the walls. So maybe some insulation would help you out there as well, if you get some insulation around the tent. To try and give a bigger barrier between the cold air outside and the warm air inside the plant, inside the tent. So maybe that's something you want to try. What would you say, Marge? Any recommendations there?
1: No. <laughs> I'm just that <laughs> <laughs> I haven't really had to deal with this issue in a mm-hmm, very long mm-hmm. time because I'm just running little micro grows. So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Yeah, man. So just look into extra um, insulation. And some extra airflow underneath the canopy as well. And make sure that the sockets, you know, the the sockets for the ventilation and the the exhaust and shit uh, at the top of the tent, there'll be some in the middle on the side walls in case you have a cooling tube. You know, make sure they are properly sealed because if you're extracting the air out the top of the tent, but it's not really taking it from the bottom because it's pulling air from the sides and being sucked out that way it's not even getting involved in the plant then you need to make sure them top vents are properly closed so the only place air can be drawn out of the tent is through the bottom and then it will Mm. pull the air through the plants as well and that that will make things a lot better as well you know just keep that air moving and keep it extracting and you'll be okay man Trying to want like a
3: negative air pressure Mm-hmm. environment going on where the sides of the tent are slightly drawing in when you close it all up because it's only able to draw through the bottom. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that should that should clear it up at least.
0: So Let us know how that works for you, Noxy. Let us know if you, uh, if it solves the problem or not. Well, Noxy does have another question here as well. It says, how do I go about vaping hash from the Mighty or Volcano? Every time I do it, it doesn't seem to work, so I think I'm doing something wrong. What do you lads do to when vaping hash with the Mighty or Volcano? I'm thinking preferred temps, length of time to vape it, wrapping weed around it, crumbling it up, uh, or squishing it flat, any other tips? Uh, Monkey,
2: what do you think? I always use the pancake method. I usually uh, make a make a pancake out of the hash first, depending on whether it's the Volcano or the Mighty, different size pancake. Put a thin layer of, of cannabis on the bottom, put, put the hash in the middle, and put the cannabis on top of it. And I vape it like that. So at first you get mostly flour until you get the heat all the way through it and then eventually you start getting the, getting the hash out of it. But that always works really
0: well for me.
3: What about you, bubble,
0: You do a lot of the, the old vaping and stuff. What would you
3: recommend? Yeah, the, it, it really depends on the hash you're using. Um, if it's more of like a crumbly hash, like it's just a bubble hash that you haven't um, you haven't sort of pushed into a brick or anything like that, you're better off using one of the the little drip pads that you can get and you put the drip pad in first and just cake the hash on top of that drip pad and then hit it like that, that if, if you're going for just hash, but um, I generally as monkey does, I tend to just pancake it and put a couple of put, put a little bit of flour in first, then some hash, a bit more flour on top and send it.
0: Yeah. What about you, Mudge, you get to bake any hash.
1: I don't vape hash too often, but the pancake thing mm-hmm. would probably be what I would do because otherwise, I don't think it's gonna burn properly. Honestly, do the, yeah. the does the mighty or the volcano come with like any of those inserts too? Because I have a packs, and it usually it comes with an insert that supposedly does concentrates mm-hmm. like thicker sponge,
0: much. like a metal small metal right. sponge. You think?
3: I yeah. think yeah. it depends where you are, um, because you can some countries you're allowed to have them and mm-hmm. they do come with it. Other mm. countries, they're not supposedly allowed to sell them with it. Yeah. So, but you can get them. They're not overly expensive. You can get them from most um, head shops and things like that.
0: Uh, right. they're, they're
3: basically like a little Brillo pad that sits inside there um, and it gets hot with the oven and the air going over it and then translates that heat to the hash. And then your your hash vaporizes from there. Mm-hmm. That's the idea anyway. Yeah. You know? right. Now, Billy Bunz,
0: vapes a lot, and he answered this question in the uh, in the Discord. He said, I vape all the time from my Crafty Plus. I put it in dosing capsules broken up slash crumbled in temperature at 195 degrees C. If yeah. uh, I find you have to let it heat up before you get anything really good from it, I set my timer to go off after 300 seconds and find it's better to smoke near the end of the timer so it turns Uh, So turn it back on again and smoke it to get the good hits. Even a third go too. Uh, But way towards the end of the third timer. I find crumbing the hash up like it's in a blunt is the best way, but definitely use the capsules. Three quarter, four capsules. Uh, Let the airflow around it better. Possibly two as a hash. Takes longer to heat up without direct heat. So it will take longer Mm -hmm. to cook in the oven. Uh pre-loading loads of three quart capsules is also good. I do mine most mornings. I thought I would reply as I vape hash every day. Fuck yeah. Hashtag make hash not poor. Right. Really <laughs> <nice. laughs> yeah. So we got yeah, good answer, Billy. I hope that helps you, Noxie. You know, um if you're using the Mighty or Crafty, then do try and get one of them them kits where you can use the metal sponge if you're allowed to have it in your country. Like Bubble Hawk said, it's restricted in some places for some fucking reason. You know how things go. Because they said so, you can't have it unless they said so. <laughs> Someone
1: in the chat just here said those pads clog pretty quickly. I don't know if any of you've any of you have used yeah. them.
3: But... Mm-hmm. They do. Um it's Are they it disposable? Is a good point. Uh no, you can clean them. Um, oh, you so clean them. you can either superheat them or soak them in um ISO. Both ways work. Superheating them tends to be better because you burn everything off. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the the volcano and the mighty technically aren't really designed um, to be used with uh, hash and concentrates and things. Like, yes, you can, but you're better off using something like a Dr. Davis switch or the or something like that or the Puffco Peak, something that's designed to right. to vaporize that they get hotter the the direct methods of heat are different so um mm-hmm. but if you if you're going to go ahead and do it then uh then yeah i i would go the pancake way cool. can you clean them with oil depends what oil what yeah. oil are we talking <laughs> <laughs> <'Cause> i know <laughs> i know some oils will do it but you know you're just going to end up with a whole other nightmare if you
0: uh, it, it reminds me of some fucking meme I've seen where this guy is being interviewed outside an oil factory because got the protesters out there like, stop oil, stop oil. And the protesters, like, yeah, you know, what can we do to make them feel better? And the guy's like, I don't know, man, because this is a cooking oil factory. <laughs> and they're just they're in the wrong fucking place, man, just protesting oil, no fucking clue what they're doing. God damn, God damn. <laughs>
3: Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good quick question from Toker about whether the Dr. Dabber works with normal hash. I've used it once or twice, but I know Monkey, you use a lot, don't you?
2: I don't use it as much as you would
0: think. What are you trying you to just... say
3: about Monkey? Bubblehawk.
0: <laughs> really? No, for the hash. <laughs> but, uh... He uses
3: it more for hash. <laughs> we just, uh, we don't just worry, think... we all know I'm the degenerate here, all right? <laughs> really? It's fine. That's been well established. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we just wrote <laughs>
0: Uh, shit. sorry
2: Mike we just said we just spoke to Daniel from from Dr Dabra on this one Thursday and he did confirm that it's a great uh great device for smoking traditional hash out of uh and it's uh a little bit like Billy w- was describing it he said you want to crank it up so it's pretty hot uh that'll be roughly about that 190 C kind of kind of range there at 400 uh Fahrenheit kind of range uh and then he said uh turn it on let it sit for a while let that hash cook and then slowly sip sip the flavor off the top of it Mm. but but yeah he said it it absolutely will work with hash i haven't haven't had the opportunity or the need to sit down and vape hash with it yet but eventually i will get to it i I still got some i'm using hash oil playing
3: with it ah hash oil oil, yes
2: yeah right and i had i hadn't done a full-on hash since we spoke to him but uh Right. No, okay. I had tried it previously and, and it failed for me, but I'm going to try it I get the way he said to
0: do it. Right. Yeah. So let's uh, get this last question out the way from Scooter Reno. He said, questions uh, a question about A and B nutrients for cocoa. What do you think about switching to a different brand during the later stages of a growth? I'm mm-hmm. almost out of my canner A and B and have some playground A and B to use. The ingredients are not too dissimilar. But I wouldn't want to risk screwing anything up at a relatively late stage. By the way, by the way, thanks for the answer to my previous question regarding how to dry or wet, you should let cocoa get very helpful. So yes, always happy to help Scoop Scooterino. Thanks for asking the question, bro. Yeah, so would you guys change to a different brand of nutrients during the grow? Sure. I- I have with no problem, but mm-hmm. I don't know if it would work in his case, but I know I have with no issue. That's it. I would think you'd be fine in Coco, mate. Yeah, just change it up. Just try and keep the EC the same. You know, yeah. or mm. have a good check of the uh, the MPK ratio as well. See how close it is to the uh, the initial numbers. You know, you want to try and be as close as possible to the feedback you're having, but a little change wouldn't make too much of a difference. What do you think,
3: Bobo? If it was me, I'd be mm-hmm. flushing the cocoa first before you start feeding the new, right. because you never know how it's going to react with anything left in that, mm-hmm. yeah, in that pleasure. medium. So Certainly wouldn't hurt. it doesn't take free. much. Yeah. And it's cheap. Yeah. I, I, I look, I mean, most A and B is going to have the same stuff, right. With a little bit of an exception here and there, depending on, on uh, nutrient lines and, how they're produced and made and whatever else. But ideally, they're all going to have the similar nutrients because that's kind of the whole point in an A and B nutrient solution is that it has everything you need to go from start to finish in it. So mm-hmm. they're, they're all going to have a similar amount. There'll they'll be a little, bit in, a little bit more of something in some and so on and so forth. But I, I would be flushing it for safety's sake, just so you're not getting any weird reactions between the two.
2: Yeah. And I would, uh I'd, I'd monitor your out, output uh, for a few days, weeks, something like that, because you never know these nutrients may be, uh, the plant may take them at a different rate. You may need to upper or, up yeah. or lower that EC slightly with a new nutrient. So just be aware, keep an eye on it. You, you probably are going to be fine.
3: Mm. It all depends how far along you are in the grow too. You're talking about being towards the end. Yeah. You know, how How close are you towards the end? Cause it may just be more beneficial just to, start backing off what you, what you're giving it now anyway. Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah. If you're going for the flush. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's an interesting one, man. Got lots of good points put mm-hmm. up there, you know, to flush in the medium before you change over, that might be a good idea there. You don't want anything reacting with anything else. So yeah, giving it a, a little flush. And then, you know, you, you might just, it's not a kind of a and B are not expensive nutrients. Really. What is it like fucking 30 quid for the you know, two bottles? for a liter so you know it's, it's not very it might be a pain in the ass to go out and buy a liter of these nutrients when you're only planning to use like 10 milliliters of it in the rest of the grow but you know it's still worth it man if you try and keep the plant happy and um, uh, consistency is important to cannabis plants you see so if you can mm-hmm. stay consistent then do so don't just like if you've got a couple of weeks feeding left then just go and get the can of a and b and you know if you've got like a week left then maybe, like Bobo Huck says, maybe you can just uh, taper off the nutrients and do a, a longer flush. Maybe that's a better option. Mm. Difficult one, isn't it? It's a, mm. a tough position to be in there, Scooter Do let us know what you do, man. Do Let us know what you decide. I don't think there will be a problem with the changeover. Like Boba Huck says, give it a flush before you do the changeover. But if you can just try and stick with can of A and B, you know, put that extra little bit of dough in if you can. But if you are stuck and you don't have any other options, then you go for the playground A and B or consider flushing it early. That about wraps it You'd up, be
3: surprised. Right? You'd be surprised how long they'll last on a flush anyway, before you mm. start to see them fade out and start screaming for nutrients. So, I mean, I've, I've flushed plants for 10 to 14 days without an issue in cocoa. Mm. Um, it really just comes down to how far along that plant is, how much it's had over its life stage. Is it slowing down on how much it's eating anyway? There's a whole whole list of things, but if you have to, yeah, I just quick flush and then move into the other one. So, but maybe the other side, maybe don't don't be going full strength either. Like don't be feeding it the same feed rates as as monkey mentioned. You know, be watching what plants wanting and doing, um, seeing how much that EC is changing. And just sort of take it slowly. Because the last thing you want to do is get it through fucking what four three and a bit months worth of a grow and then balls it all up at the end just for the sake of a couple of weeks, if you know what I mean. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. So seems like as if that answers the question. That's all of the list of mail questions that we have today. So yeah, thank everybody, thanks everybody for sending in the questions, man. We appreciate it. And pretty soon we're going to have an episode which is specifically just about Mr. Mail questions. So, you know, get thinking about questions you could be asking us in that episode, which is uh, like three weeks away. Two weeks away. Yes. Two weeks? (laughs) Two (laughs) two weeks. weeks. Yeah. So we had the, uh, this one's predatory bugs. I think that just about covers everything. And next week we're going to be covering bud washing. You know, washing your buds, everybody. Which is, uh, it's going to be episode 69 yes it's billy 69 dude of
3: mm-hmm. course we'd be talking about wet buds when it's yeah. episode 69
2: exactly. have to, definitely got to
3: do it make
0: sure you wash your buds for episode
3: 69 <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, top kidding, top mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so you know, next week is the next grow guides, but make sure you send us in more questions everybody but let's move to the outro And there we go, everybody. That was this week's episode of Grow Guides. Uh, Next week is episode 69, as I said, and we're all going to be talking about bud washing, which is a bit of a controversial subject, but it's a good subject all the same. So again, just like I mentioned at the start of the show, if you have any suggestions for future episodes of Grow Guides, then please do feel free to get in touch. You can find us on our Discord server which is linked in the description of this episode. You can also find us on Percy's Room.com or you can send me an email over at mackie at high on homegrown.com and I'll be able to check out any suggestions you have over there. So, you know, feel free to get in touch in any way you feel is best, but your input is appreciated. So if you do have any suggestions, then please do feel free to get in touch. It would be good to hear from you. But anyway, that's it for this week. We'll catch you for the live show on Sunday, hopefully over on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash high and homegrown. Or we'll catch you for the episode of Cannabis News and Events on Monday. Stay high, everybody. Stay safe and have a great weekend. And we'll catch you on the next one. Goodbye.